Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now here at Guitar Nerds Podcast, quality is very important to me. I spend a lot of time editing the audio for each episode so it sounds as good as possible, and so naturally a very important part of that is the microphone I use to record with. I'm very fussy, and so recently when we switched to using the Lewitt LCT440, it was after spending some time with the mic and making sure that I was happy with it. It's a great mic, it's very affordable for what it is, and it will get you through almost any situation you can throw at it, from recording brass to vocals to amps to podcasts. Check it out at lewitt-audio.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Good evening, Mr. Joe. Good evening, Mr. Matt. Good uh, good evening, listener. Hello, well, good day, listener. How are you? How are you doing? Welcome back. The 43rd episode in season three of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. First one with just you and me in a little while, Matt. We've had a slew of guests. We have. We've had many a guest. Um, and now just back to boring old Matt and Joe. No, it's good. It, it's, it. it's nice to... Um, it's always good to have guests. I mean, if um, regular listeners or new listeners have got any recommendations on who we should have next, who we should reach out to, do you know someone we don't know? Then mm. uh, perhaps uh, let us know and we'll try and get them on. I think we've... Um, we were talking to Joel um, and Scott Chase Bliss, so hopefully... Yeah. We were um, supposed to sort that, and then stuff came up. We were all... It, well, I think all Joel of the four of us were in separate places at separate times, and then Joel had a kid, didn't he? Yeah, so I think, yeah, there's a few a few things conspiring against us on that. I spoke yes. to our, a friend of the podcast, Mr... M. Demas. Oh, uh, did you? Today. Oh, um, he, he's just, they've just, uh, Skindred have just launched a new video and single, I see. Oh, well, dear listeners, you should go and check it out. Uh, they, uh, he was uh, complaining about, uh, he's, oh, you know, got to play Wembley. And I was like, well, you know, mate, it's the kind of thing you signed up for. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we were talking about guitar pedals and that. And, uh, yeah, so. You know, there's lots of guests, lots of people we know in the industry, lots of new people we need to meet as yes, well. But there's, there's always many a pedal maker out there that we could talk to. But I thought Philip was uh, great. It was Philip it was nice Carter. doing that. Yeah, it was yeah. nice doing that cross 
cross collaboration of podcasts, like mm-hmm. the amount of um, collaboration beers that you see. Um, <laughs> you know, and they're always, you know, they're always pretty good. So you know, maybe, maybe get Blake back on, and we'll do a bit of a bit of that. We have, have we ever had, um, have we ever had Ryan? Have we ever had sixty We've cycle? We've never had Ryan. We need to get, we need to get Ryan on. Really, that would be good. Get Ryan and Steve on. But uh, you know, cycle nerds. We we still haven't chosen what we're going to do for gear of the year this year, and we could potentially have Blake and Philip Carter on uh, alongside you we and me. Could. To, we could. That would be very good. It's not. It's not a terrible idea. I, I really enjoyed having Philip Carter on, dear listener. If you don't listen to the Forty Watt uh, podcast, please go and listen to it. Obviously, Philip's is one of those podcasts where Philip always interviews people, and I think that means he talks a lot about other people's stuff a lot of the time. Um, mm. But he actually has like his his own gear is absolutely brilliant and so it was really good you know it was really good to have philip talking about all his stuff yeah i um kind of had to switch off when he was talking about the gear that he's got i was like i was just insanely uh insanely (laughs) jealous yes i was like what uh, and now I've joined the Novo Facebook group. He's like, yeah, there's always people putting stuff up for sale. I'm like, no. There's lots of people talking about the awesome Novos they've purchased. And um, I'm sitting here with a guitar lost in the post. So, you know, sort of... <laughs> that is know, still lost. That means it's gone now, isn't it? You're, you're waiting for... Because Fender are also out of stock now, so you can't even get the guitar now. The I know, I know. It's. Um, I think what I might do is deli- have it delivered to my parents' house and then get them to wrap it up and present it to me for Christmas <laughs> as my own Christmas gift. Oh, well, so you will get, um, you will get the, the... This is Dear Listener. If you if you didn't hear the episode where we were talking about it, Matt has purchased a Fender Ed O'Brien Stratocaster. I just, for the longest time, I, ever since we reviewed it, I was like, that is the guitar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just I just want one of those. And I like the idea of the sustainer, I like all of that, all of that stuff. It's just it's actually and a good workhorse with a few interesting features. So for for me the yeah, neck was a actually big win. Just, it is actually just an amazing guitar. Uh, and I mean that's that I mean that's the thing. And like you say, really chunky neck, amazing to play. Um love the addition of the sustainer you know, right up my street uh, in terms of kind of spec and guitar. Um, debating whether, you know, I'd put a different scratch plate on it, perhaps. Oh, really? But, you know, overall, I was like, that is it. And I was like, I'm finally saved up some pennies. I'm like, I'm going to bite the bullet. And it's bit me in the ass. It really That's, has. Uh, although I've just, I've literally Googled, uh, as we were talking, Ed O'Brien. And um, someone has literally listed one on eBay. And I'm there like... I'm like, oh, maybe. Maybe just get that. Maybe. Maybe you could just uh, get that. Maybe. Almost, it's, in fact, two people have listed <laughs> them for sale. I bet you one of them is the one that got stolen. Yeah. <laughs> look, up, look up the guy's name. See if he works at UPS, whoever's so, so Yeah, <laughs> that's, that is, that's, what I'll, uh, that's what I'll do. I'll be like, do you work at UPS? <laughs> um, I mean, I would rather wait for a brand new one out of, out of the box, but I'm waiting to see... Um, yeah, I'm waiting to see where, uh, when I may be able, when I may be able to get it. Well, but 
ultimately, this person here, Mr. UPS Stealer at <laughs> uh, eBay.com, seems to have many things uh, on there. Right. Yes, of course. Um, oh well, well, it will turn up. It will turn up eventually, Matt. But um, but you've you you know that, that's not the only thing you've been looking around for on. Um, on uh, on secondhand purchase websites, uh, you've, you've well, come across some incredible things which you definitely should be purchasing. I'm really going to push you into purchasing this one, Matt. This is <laughs> this is just not something you should pass up. I know. So uh, moving swiftly on to our what's in the uh, this week's watching what's in the watch list, um, and it links into another topic we'll we'll discuss shortly. But uh, someone on Reverb. This week has listed... Dave. His name's Dave. Dave. His name is Dave. Dave's shop. Uh, I know uh, Philip was always like, oh, you know, you've got to, there's some things you can tell people and some pe- things you can't. I'm like, look, someone just needs to buy this because it, it's a ridiculous price for what it is. Um, someone is selling a electrical guitar company, EGC Basics Conversion. Um, it is basically a Squire Basics body with an EGC solid aluminium neck uh in obviously in the correct e to e tuning so 30 inch scale um, absolutely 1500 pounds expensive shipping but i'm not surprised because it probably weighs an absolute (laughs) bucket load the the basics is a heavy as you know matt from owning well you've owned two already How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I have. Um, but this, my oh my, this is, this is something special in, in my opinion. I don't know if they did 
that mod or whether it's... Well, you just buy um, a neck and bolt it on, surely. Yeah, I guess they just bought a neck and, and, and bolt it on, but this is... I mean, that is just awesome. It's very cool. I've seen this done before, certainly, and I've seen other aluminium companies because, of course, as soon as you've got aluminium necks, it's kind of popular, that sort of uh, uh, baritone guitars, lots of doom, down-tuning, big, long-sustained notes, and bass sixes are great for that. So it's it's not unusual. You know, I've seen, we've seen lots of people do it, but this is great. I actually think the bass six looks fantastic with the three-a-side headstock that um electrical mm-hmm. guitar company do i think it, it just it sets it off really well the strings on this obviously dear listener i'm just looking at a picture of a bass with strings but the strings look like absolute cables um and i know <laughs> i know they are thick on a bass six but th- they look huge um you don't need to bend strings on a bass six even i've realized that <laughs> um, well, I mean, you do you, not you shouldn't bend them because they're still they're still so they're a light gauge for a short scale bass scale so you bend them a little bit and you've knocked them like two and a half tones out yeah yeah true there is actually someone else in london selling exactly the same guitar bizarrely enough really um although i think this one is no i think this one's the same but yeah heavily heavily modified um yeah no it is the same but electrical guitar company bass six um squire egc so egc neck uh, with a uh, with a Squire Base Six body, twenty four to one hundred on the old. Oh, that's what there. he's gone for. Very cool. That is very thick. That's what. Uh, uh, no, is that what I have? Yeah, I think mine go to one hundred three. Um, the set that I've wow. had put on. But so, which Base Six have you got? You've got the. Got the- have you got? classic five or have you got the original original which is the vintage modified in fairness now we know vintage modified dear listen were made in indonesia they've discontinued all that stuff now they do uh, only the um affinity stuff i think comes out of indonesia now and china is where they're making the classic vibe is where they always made the classic vibe but essentially other than them being built in a different place the only difference between a vintage mod and a classic vibe is that they sorted out the bridge they got rid of the vintage correct weird you know the rollery thing i don't know what you call that the vintage bridge but it doesn't work we all know that it doesn't work crud yes absolute crud but of course i just swapped that out for a normal mustang bridge maybe the pickups are different i've actually heard people say that the classic vibe pickups are supposed to be a bit richer fuller more articulate i will certainly say that the pickups aren't up to much on my vent mod but i've never i've never really sat down with it enough to 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 modify it like whenever i play it i'm trying to emulate emulate what jack bruce did with it in cream so um mm-hmm. so it, it kind of you know i want that muffled sound anyway so it's not the end of the world that the pickups aren't great but certainly it's such a good instrument and because the classic vibes they're like whatever 450 quid new it means that they're what like 350 second hand and that just means that if you've got one of the old vintage modifieds which were of course cheaper they're just not worth anything anymore so it's hardly worth me ever moving on the basics i might as well right. just keep it and modify it because i think they were like 279 new the uh the yeah, mods. something like that they were pretty they were pretty cheap yeah they? exactly so i should i should do some stuff and i'd always because uh jack bruce's basics he'd ripped out the the pickups and oh, was it just a neck pickup he did? Oh, I can't remember, but it fitted like uh, Gretsch style, um, the you know, like the Fidelitron style pickups in mm-hmm. um, in in the certainly in the neck position on his base six. So I like the idea of doing that, like totally changing the type of pickup you get in a base six. 
Yeah, well, I've I actually funny enough you say that because I've bought a new scratch plate. Oh yeah, but I haven't bothered putting it on yet because your shell pink a, matching headstock. This is the shell pink matching headstock classic vibe basics. Um, I haven't put it on yet because obviously you've got to take the bridge and everything off. You can't. It's not like a strat where you can sort of like lift it off and slide it off and then sort of you know undo the pots and then just put a new one yeah. in. Um, and I'm like, actually, what routing is it underneath? Can do you oh, know what yeah. the your one is? is I've it, never is taken it, the plate off. Not. That's interesting. I wonder if it's swimming pool under there. I don't. I don't think it is. But I'm going to lean over and tap my base six very quickly right now. It's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's pretty solid under I there. Because um, I was just thinking, I was like, yeah, imagine. So basically, I, over the weekend, yesterday, very, very rainy day uh, in in England, certainly in London. And I was sitting there and uh, was just like, oh, you know what? Love this basics. And I was, I was playing it. I was like, but feels like, you know, I want to I wanna upgrade it a little bit. Like, what can I do? You know, classic boredom. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, yeah. spend money on my, on my guitar. And um, Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar um, did a little... Uh, thing actually this is i've just realized this is all the way back in 2016 right, wow but i think it's still relatively uh relevant now basically here's some things that you can up upgrade and i thought i'd get your opinions on what's worth doing um joe but also i looked around at some of these options already before the podcast and i am amazed that how many companies out there that make either pickups or hardware are totally, totally sold out. I know there's been, you know, constraints and various things on parts, and I don't know if it's just demand for things like base six bridges, but the <laughs> companies that make base six bridges or pickups or anything are just like, yeah, it's like a sixteen week wait. Wow, I know, amazing. I mean, you, you could go to someone bonkers. like Sunbear and and have them, you know, make. Well, you up I think. A I think I, I I probably will, but uh, yeah, I thought I'd run, run you through this quick list, see what you think. And actually, the first one I think you'll probably already agree with Joe, and I, I'll get your your thoughts on this. Uh, strings first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So the ones they come with are now um, twenty four to eighty four, which is a joke. An eighty four um, on a low E like that that doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work, and, and that's why I think it rattles so much on the low E right, string. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't feel great. Uh, in terms of chords, like that no. E doesn't feel kind H of very half the beefy. time you knock the string off of the board because it's just so slack. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they recommend a set of, uh, and I think you said the same, Joe. But twenty six to ninety fives is what they were strung up with in nineteen sixty one. So, say that gauge again. Twenty six to ninety five. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 good. Yes. And I, I wondered if a twenty, if a ninety-five would comfortably fit in the nut without recutting the nut. I don't know how big of. I a think it absolutely would. You, you've got to remember. I don't know this for a fact, by the way, but I'm pretty sure when these they were twenty-six ninety-five, but I, I think base sixes came out of the factory with flats from Fender. I don't think they were rounds. So, so the well. The tension is going to be the tension is going to be tighter anyway. Right. Okay. Well, interesting. You say they came with flats originally because um, this article from 2016 is still linking out to um, 
Oh, in fact, actually, it has sold. I thought they hadn't sold, but someone was selling a NOS box of original factory unused bass six strings from 1961. A hundred and thirty pounds. Oh, oh but it were. has sold, has it? All six. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all, it's all sold now, but it was a complete set of bass six strings from the early I 1960s. Uh, and yeah, an NOS complete set of flat-wound Fender bass strings from the early 1960s, including a spare first high uh-huh. E string, individually packed in the original parchment envelopes, envelopes that have the appropriate box-checked identifying That's the sort string. of thing I would have bought. Um, so... <laughs> I thought they were still genuine. Uh, they were still for sale, and I was like, mm, "I'm going to buy those." <laughs> so, so I, was, I was like, "Yeah, you know," because it feels like basics. You're probably not going to change no, the strings. So go flats, get flats. It's it's what that instrument needs anyway. I think. I mean, I don't know if you had an aluminium neck on it, then yes, maybe you should think about a sort of a hun- going up to a hundred grade and and keeping them like. You know, round wound or stainless steel, maybe. Um, but you, you should, if you're going for for strings for a basics. I know this is my favourite string brand, so I bang on about them. And I know they're expensive, but Labella, they do a set of Fender yeah. Basics flat wound st- strings, twenty six through to ninety five, which is what you were talking about, the originals. Um, they're ninety five pounds for a set, ninety four pounds and ninety nine pence. But you will never buy another set. You know, so there is that. If you wanted to go for rounds, Labella do a round wound set in the same gauge, and that's only sixty nine ninety nine. So a bargain there if you if you like rounds, an absolute <laughs> bargain. Um, but yeah, I think if if the nut will definitely take it, I definitely think it, yeah, that will be the 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 first thing that I I will do. Although they do recommend slightly later down that you should change the nut oh, really? as well, because I think a lot of those guitars have got relatively cheap yeah. nuts in, but. The second thing, and this is what I spent the most time looking at, was the bridge. Right. So the the bridge on the classic vibes is what you say. It's, it's the Mustang yeah. saddle. So they 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 sit in, and the you can't really groove, adjust them. They're just you just from one end or the other. Yeah, basically, they're kind of they don't have much travel. But interesting, they say that what they've done, obviously, to save cost, is it's just the same Mustang bridge that's on the classic vibe vintage modified Mustangs as it is yeah. on the base six and interestingly the difference there is is the width is different on the original base sixes compared to obviously the ones they've put in ah. to save money so you can actually buy a base six wide bridge that drops straight in slightly wider and yet yeah, balances the strings out slightly better i see i didn't know that that must be a very subtle thing though to still fit in the same in the same hole yeah it says um the original uh one inch width of the big part of the base six um which transfer translates to more flexibility when it comes to intonation original examples of nearly twice the saddle travel as the current part with the base six's 30 inch scale every little bit is precious uh, the bridge found on the current basics is essentially the same as other vintage modified off- offsets, save for adjustable micro Mustang-style saddles, which have deep grooves and the ability to set the radius of the strings to match the fretboard. It does, however, have a tendency to rattle around so much that even correct offset setup techniques may not quell it. What to do? Either track down an original bridge? No. Stay trim. Mm. 
Uh, Statrem are a British company. Uh, I had not heard of them before. They make a specific wide basics bridge with two set sets of saddle spacings. So I think actually, Joe, what it is is actually the whole bridge piece itself is wider, uh, although it sits in the same posts. And then you can get two different um, two different saddle widths. Uh, yeah, so two different like millimeter each. Oh, this bridge is spacing. so much better. I've just found it. Um, it is ninety pounds, which is a chunk for for such a for a small bridge. You know, when you think you can pick up a Mustang bridge for twenty the, quid. Yeah, I think the good thing is is that they have a 12-week <laughs> waiting list um, and uh, you don't need to pay until they've made it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm seriously yeah, thinking about ordering one of these as a point to start. Um, you know, I just think, again, the bridges do make, you know, that all-important mm-hmm. contact with the string makes definitely, a big definitely. difference, I think. Okay, so, so strings, bridge, would you go to trem? Would, would you change the trem? Well, this was yeah. This is this is the next thing. So, obviously, once you start going to trem, most of the things they recommend are yeah, things mastery, like mastery, descendant, and I'm just like, I basically don't right, use right. the trem. <laughs> so I'm sort of like, how much difference would the trem piece make versus just you know doing the the bridge? But then again, if you do the bridge, so if you do the mastery like bridge and trem system. Is it not worth just doing the whole thing with mastery? Um, so doing the whole vibrato and then having a mastery yeah. a bridge on it as well. The problem is you can't buy mastery stuff really? anywhere. <laughs> no. You can't seem to get it. Nowhere seems to do it in the UK. Everywhere that does seem to do it hmm. is sold out. And um, I just... Ordering stuff... Unfortunately, now, for us British folk, ordering anything outside of England is a right pain in the arse. I ordered a guitar pedal from a friend in Spain, and it's cost me 50 quid in import fees. (laughs) Um, And I just think a $200 bridge with $50 shipping, I'm like, how am I going to pay another $50? I'm going to pay as much... As the guitar cost, yeah. <laughs> to put yeah, when you put it like it. that, yeah, and I'm and I'm like, that is that is it just feels a bit silly. But you just can't seem to buy mastery stuff in the UK. Oh, weird. Um, which is which is weird. I thought James's home of tone did some stuff, but I don't think they do. There, there must be alternatives to mastery um, out there, though. Yeah, I don't know. And I wondered if you had any suggestions. <laughs> I don't, because I don't use the trem. I don't even know where the trem arm is for my basics. Mm, yeah, I think mine's um, in a box somewhere. <laughs> but, dear listener, if you've got any suggestions for alternative um, Vibrola systems for a basics or any any hardware brands that we should be keeping an eye on, that would be really cool and really helpful. So do let us know. Either, you know, message us, however, on any of the social medias. Put it in a put it in a post on the uh, Facebook group and the Guitar Nets Facebook group. But let's uh, let's have a chat to yeah. tell us about things we don't know about. We we need to know. I need to know specifically. Um mm. so yeah, so I might do a stay trend. I will definitely buy new strings. Um uh-huh. I'm 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 sort of undecided on the flat wounds, Joe. I guess for chords and stuff still fine 
Um, I mean, if you don't, if flat rounds aren't really your vibe, then £95 is an awful lot to spend on a set flats. of strings that you just never. Well, yes. can, can you, have they got resale value? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, you could, you could easily, you could easily go to one of the custom shops for a set that probably wouldn't cost 95 quid mm. you know you'd probably be looking at 60 quid but you'd probably go to string joy or, mm. or you know someone like that to to make up a set in those gauges and then you can still get like a nickel set of round wounds yeah yeah so that, that might be a better bet for you i think yeah i think um well actually dare i say that uh Jeff Jeff Bezos has got your back when it comes to cheap prices on lapella strings. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, forty five pounds for a set of the round wound what? strings on Amazon. Wow, for basics. That's, uh, that's very cheap. The, the flat wounds are still seventy five pounds, but um, but yeah. So strings definitely saddle or 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 bridge definitely trem. Yeah, not so sure unless someone in the one of the listeners has got um has got some suggestions. And the next thing, Joe, basically, I mean they say don't worry about the tuners. Don't need to worry about the tuners. The tuners are absolutely fine, and I'd agree. It stays in tune very, very well. Um is pickups and electronics. And uh, yeah, talking of James's home of tone, um, our good friends over there, they actually do a pre-wired harness for four by six what Up, yeah upgrading all of the parts capacitors pots switches um i just don't feel very confident sawing the last little bits in <laughs> <at all. laughs> last time i did that it's still buzzed like um buzzed like hell uh, i think really? interestingly like the you know the wiring's cheap the pots are cheap uh, i don't necessarily you know the guitar the kind of the basics does sound good and then i was like oh i could upgrade all the electronics but i thought it's only worth upgrading electronics if realistically i change the pickups and this has led down a rabbit hole of many of the recommended brands being completely out of stock um i I, honestly i I was just so surprised they must be insanely popular um but the brands that have come as recommended are curtis novak the Creamery, uh, uh, yes. Lola Pickups, mm-hmm. or buying three of Fender's AV65 Jaguar pickups. That's very cool. That's a cool idea. Because I, I, I think, again, waiting to speak to you on this joke, it, are they basically the same pickups that are in a Jaguar? I think so. I mean, they're I not know. like a different. I don't think they're like different magnets or different housing because i would imagine when they were built originally they were like what have we already got that we could use yeah i mean they were released at the same time as the jaguar you know so yeah so probably i I don't know for sure i mean you might want something that's a bit more full range but it really depends what you're doing with the basics if you're using the basics as a baritone guitar then actually a jaguar set of pickups probably great if you're running it through guitar amps they're probably great mm. if you want it to a bass job then yeah maybe you want something a bit more full range but i don't think that's yeah that's a good um that's a good shout actually um they say the curtis novaks are the best for the kind of jack bruce style vibe which i thought would be right up your Mm. Your street. Um, I did think about, of course, reaching out to uh, our friends at Sunbear Pickups and saying, like, what could you make? Uh, go crazy. Uh, and then <laughs> that got me down the idea of thinking, like, 
imagine a base six with three TV Jones in it. Yes. Yes. And I was like, that would be awesome. Or or like a Charlie Christian, like three Charlie Christians. Oh, getting close. It might as well just be a fidelity at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, I think, just want to put some new pickups in it for funsies. Yeah. Um, well, interesting. My, my opinion on the pickups is, even if you just change one, I, I think it would be really cool to root out a different, you know, pickup size in there just to get yeah, some different right. sounds but but you know maybe you'd be right I'll just get a chisel a hammer um yeah, and then a different scratch plate could be quite a, could be quite a fun project i just i kind of want to i definitely want to use it more but i i honestly think the biggest difference i could make right now uh, which is what you said uh, earlier on um is the string gauge absolutely absolutely it must i remember when those when i had those stock strings on there it just barely feels playable um Mm. it's on on the low end it's just really hard to use so getting some decent string tension on a base six i think is is really important i also like put the action up like miles up um which which i thought helped you know make make everything feel a bit more robust right but a bit less buzzy but you know but then as a bass player i'm used to high action i don't know how guitarists handle that i always just i guess i've gone with the default as low as lower action as possible without buzzing um not the joe branton method of uh (laughs) you could drive a bus under this i like to be able to fit my little finger underneath (laughs) oh god (laughs) um no, thank you. Uh, yeah, I've just I've just also double checked some pictures, and they are definitely it's definitely three single coils, right, in there. Okay. Very um, cool. But yeah, maybe maybe Sunbear could come up with some fun some yeah. fun ideas. Uh, wire that all in um, could be quite good. And then as I've searched for that, I've got recommended. I think we talked about this before, Joe, but I've just been recommended from a seller in the UK on Reverb a Fender Rascal bass. Yes, I saw that there is one on Reverb at the moment. I was very tempted by it. It is expensive. Bear in mind that that instrument was five nine nine, six nine nine, maybe maybe seven yeah, four well, nine. I, I mean, think when it came out, what is it now? What does he want for it? Thirteen fifty. I mean, Reverb's yeah. pricing guide: November twenty nineteen, five fifty. October twenty twenty two, twelve hundred was the last one that sold. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. There you absolutely, go. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. First review. Sold it. Had to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> you have lost money. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going to go down the the route of giving it a little bit of a mod and messing right. around with it a little bit. I think you know, it's it's a great guitar. It just needs a few yeah. extra tweaks. Definitely. I think definitely. Um, and I think the strings will probably make it. I think the strings will probably make a big difference. And yeah, I might order one of those new saddles. You've got to wait three months. You know. <laughs> It yeah. is what it is. It's basically it, Christmas, you know. You, don't, you know, just get it after Christmas at some point. Might arrive in time for my birthday. Who oh, knows? How about it? Yeah, there you go. Well, it's definitely worth it. Basics are an awful lot of fun, anyway. A fun thing to just have around the house, and you know, yeah, just, just have something a bit different. You know, otherwise everything's all the same. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's why I like the little Bronco bass. You know, yes. as well. You know, it's just yeah. good to just pick up and uh, 
just have a jam round on, really. Yeah, they are great. Having a little, yeah, a little Broncos, obviously. Sorry, dear listener, we've gone into a bit of a base off here. But but yes, you know, I got my 1977 Fender Music Master back out the other day, which I've got a McNelly replacement uh, pickup in. And it just sounds great. Great for like a little, just a little short scale bass that sounds fantastic with a bunch of drive. Like, you know, just a good, aggressive instrument. I do, I do love it very much. Nice. Yeah, no, it's it's very very cool. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes over the next few weeks. Oh, yes, exciting, exciting. Well, um, you you know, match we do. We're going to try this uh, this new bit that we uh, of the podcast. We're going to see what people think. Should we do that now? Absolutely. Why don't we? Why don't we? So, dear listener, we were gonna we were gonna try uh, sort of showing you a few sounds, like in an episode, not just me, you know, playing something pre-recorded, but actually sort of you know picking up an instrument and playing some stuff. This actually helps as well because I'm kind of putting together a bit of a board. I need an octave fuzz at the moment, and uh, I would actually like Matt your opinion and dear listener your opinion as well. I've kind of boiled it down to two octave sort of fuzzes that I really really love the sound of. Um, um, and they are the the honey badger by Redbeard Effects, um, and the uh, the the fuzz, the modular fuzz by um, Jackson Audio, which I just have the original circuit in, whatever that one is. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> did you get it? Did you get it off me? I did. I can't actually remember what module I put in it. <laughs> so you've got it with a mystery module. I've got a mystery module. Yeah. Well, I guess you'll you'll hear sort of thing. So. So I've got my uh, I've got my little Harmony Juno um, with me, which uh, only the neck pickup works on my Harmony Juno, and uh, so it's that all the time. You get no tone on a Harmony Juno, but the the uh, the pickups are so thick and chewy. Um, so you know it, it's just got a, a great tone. I'm running it into the Victory Amps Copper, the V4 Copper, which is their little desktop amp, which is their version of like a Vox AC30, and it's it's just great. Joe, yes, it would be. I assume you would take this as a compliment, but that tone is very reminiscent of a kind of, uh, I would say, uh, a Hail to the Thief era Radiohead oh, vibe yeah. you got going on there, Joe. Kind yeah, of that that's... sort of distance. I mean, when you played it to me before we started, yeah, I was like, Sorry. that reverb sounds like a proper splashy amp reverb, like you're using an amp with spring reverb but that is all the pedal right yeah this every everything is yeah the re the reverb's up just over halfway on the v4 so it's a digital reverb on it you know digital power section obviously dear listener and it's just a, a valve um a valve preamp on the and then just going straight into the interface yeah, just going straight into a, a little Scarlet Two I Two actually, and uh, and then into your ears, dear listener. So there's nothing nothing else going on here, sort of editing wise. And but you're right, it's very much got that uh, that Radiohead that. It's that very radio heady. It's sort of Tom York's 
kind of uh, guitar tone, I think, a yeah. little bit. So he gets love that it. a lot off of that uh, off of that lovely '60s SG that he plays, which I think is already always on the. Oh, it always yeah. sounds like he's very much on the neck pickup on that. Yeah. Um, so no, it, it sounds good. So I think uh, yeah, for the listener, we basically want to know. We want to know what demos are like. We want to be able to, um, you know, we get stuff on the podcast and we want to be able to play it. And yeah, you know, we don't want a whole podcast of you listening to our sort of like average playing. Um, <laughs> but you know, just to kind of give you a flavour of some of the things we've had and talk about it in a way that maybe no one else is really doing. No, no, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so I'll show you a couple of the. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, dear listen, do do let us know, and obviously we'll get Matt to do a few of these as he's a much better player than me. I wanted to actually do some bass demo things today because I'm, I'm a much more confident bass player, but I haven't quite nailed the recording setup for bass straight into the interface like we're doing right now just yeah i tried a couple of things before we bought it today wasn't wasn't anything i was 100 percent happy with and i was like well maybe i'll try a guitar thing plugged in this the victory v4 the copper and i was like oh this just sounds absolutely fantastic so so i did like that but anyway so i am in a bit of a fuzz dilemma looking for a sort of a very very chewy thick glitchy octave fuzz Boiled them down to these two. This is the Redbeard FX Honey Badger, um, which is a great sort of interesting, versatile take on octave fuzz, especially because you've got that divide control where you can choose how you're blending up like a uh, two different octaves, which is very, uh, very. I think that's what that does. Um, but it's, it is very good. Here's uh, this. This is. Uh Uh, that's that's that. That's that. It, uh, it went a bit quiet at one point, Joe. I don't know if you turned the input game down. I don't know if you're worried about blowing people's ears off or, or whether that was uh, TriCast automatically uh, dipping your volume. Potentially, but, uh, potentially. It sounded very, very good. Yeah, so that is... Uh, that's... That's the... Uh, that's the... Uh, honey Badger. This is the... Is the Jackson Audio uh, modular fuzz with the mystery module in it? <laughs> I wish we could remember what module we put in it. <laughs> I mean, it surely says on the module, right? It if does. Yeah, you have well, to take you the go. take the back off and, and have a look. Um, I mean, I really love the Honey Badger. Um, I, I mean, the nice thing is, is yeah, you've got 
bypass on and off, octave on and off. So you can switch that octave in and out, which is a really nice little touch. Um, separate control for treble and bass, uh, which I think is always essential. That's what I always liked about the old Boss FZ2, was that you had that treble and bass control. So if you wanted to go for your kind of, uh, you know, your sort of... Uh, um, is it Wizard? Is that the name? That's not the name of the band, is it? Why am I? Why can't I think of that really famous Doom band that uses uh, FZ2? Uh, I don't know. Um, FZ2. Why can I not think? It was terrible. Um, but yeah, if you kind of want that super boomy, super bassy sort of like Doom sound, that's always good to have that extra bass control. Or if you want to cut through a little bit more, um, you can. So I think that's nice having those EQ controls on there. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think it's it's nice that you can switch it in and out. And then the divide control, as you say, goes between two octaves down or one octave down. So it's kind of having that sort of element of a Boss OC2 in there as well. And the two octaves down will always give you the um, extra subby glitchiness. Yeah, yeah, which is exactly what it does. I really love it. Obviously, they're different in that one's giving one pedal is giving me an octave up, and one pedal is giving me an octave down. So they're very different in that in in that sense. But um, but I know there's something that works really well about the honey badger that you don't normally get when you're sort of octaving down with a fuzz. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, it'd be good to remember what module we put in that in that <laughs> thing. But it sounded very very good, and I was always super impressed, super impressed with. Um, with both of those i mean the jackson audio one was really good and i like the idea of i sort of do and i don't like the idea of modular pedals because i think once you found something you're going to stick to it and i don't think in the studio you're necessarily going to change modules and then about two years later you're going to go oh yeah you can change the modules in it and then you'll change your module and then you'll go does it you can't a b it if you know what i mean it's always one of those things um so i think just plug it in and go with it Hmm. um but i think if you went on the glitchy side of things and this is for you to run a bass through it right so yeah yeah i mean i I mean oc2 on bass always sounds really good it does it does i i mean i have uh, an oc2 is it has a permanent place on my pedal board Mm. so i just you know i think maybe honey badger might give you a bit of that oct vibe with fuzz or Mm. just use the two together oc2 and then stick your favorite fuzz pedal yeah that's true that opens up things like the uh the frederick effects unpleasant companion uh, the fuzzrocious little fella. That's another favourite of mine. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the um, unpleasant companion is that. Is that got slight octave up in it, or is that? It just, does. Um, yeah, it has like a just, an, an, not one that you can dial in, but it has it. It's there. It's a presence. Yeah. Because then when you mix that with something like an OC two, you get this kind of real synthy. You know, almost that Jack White sort sort of vibe we talked about last week of sort of having. You know, when he was using a pog, and you've got a down octave and an up octave um and and fuzz all at the same time it's sort of that's good i like that you know it gives you that kind of yeah almost like a synth kind of sort of effect really in some ways yeah definitely and that's what i want that big thick raucous almost synth-esque dynamicless uh, kind mm. of tone but but we'll see let, let me know what you think dear listener which pedal if either did you favor um as an awesome sounding fuzz well i mean the reason that i'm sorting this out is actually because um because i'm off on tour very soon uh with polymath london 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 hull which was the uh, <laughs> tour band tour tour poster i saw once uh when we played a gig i'm like this band is on tour and it's like yeah london 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 hull london <laughs> that's not really a tour is it no no, no uh, it's tour of london that's for sure 
Um, but where are you playing, Joe? What, well, what amazing uh, places have you got coming up? <laughs> well, we're playing. We've we've got Brighton, home hometown Brighton, on uh, Friday, and then London, which is the, our big launch show on on Saturday. And then actually, we we've got a couple of days off, so I can come back and record the podcast. And then we're back off for another couple of weeks after that. So I think we're doing um, uh, we're doing like uh, I'm trying to bring it up <laughs> so I, so i remember what my tour is um but we we're we're playing yet so brighton london and then i think we're doing bristol and birmingham um and then we're off to liverpool and then we go across to ireland where we'll play cork belfast galway and dublin and then back across for manchester newcastle leicester and sheffield wow so a few all the places sorry all all the places all the places yeah yeah that's right but it's gonna be really good really looking forward to playing london we're playing in signature brew the black horse road signature brew for those people who know london which is a wonderful lovely venue and uh we've really nearly sold it out which is great it's a big old venue so we're, we're very very happy about that um and that'd be great we'll have have our records for sale there our new album zenith um which can, be, can which... you buy this on vinyl, Joe? And why have I not got one? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's you can pre-order pre-order now the the vinyl of Zenith. But it's great. It's it's us trying to be. It's, it's my band Polymath trying to be a bit more concise. So all the songs are like three or four minutes long. It's our first thing written as a five piece. So we've got the sax player as well as the the our keys and synth player now. Um, but it's really tight. It's actually it's got some great guitar tones on there it's the first record that we recorded with tim's fidelity so he's got that P- p90 bridge pickup loaded fidelity with just where he just has a toggle for tone on or ton- tone off and nice. he's basically his the entire album is more or less kind of two sounds for him it's either the keely synth one synthesizer pedal doing this like yeah this sort of crazy sort of auto wire-esque thing or it's a red beard effects um angry rhubarb doing a real sort of nasally cocked wire, uh sort of tone oh so, nice nice yeah. um and what about you joe what was the key bits of gear for the for the record um well, the the record i recorded half on a fretted and half on a fretless jazz bass um, so I had, I just took my, my lovely sixties, um, you know, sort of heavily modified jazz bass that I've recorded an awful lot of things on. So I've got that loaded up with a pair of EMGs. So that was about half the record. The other half was a fretless, uh, jazz bass that I have loaded up with Aquilar, um, sixties style pickups. And a lot of it's that with like a, a cloth beneath the bridge to get a real sort of, uh, almost double bassy kind of tone underneath everything. Lots and lots of uh, phaser on on my bass on this record. That, nice. That's, that standard subtle bass effect. In, <laughs> subtle movement in the background at all times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a slow um, MXR Phase 90. I, I just love having that on. And actually, I recorded the entire album, uh, Matt. The, the bass amp is the Boss uh, BB1X. Excellent. <laughs> so no amps. No amps. No amps think- for bass, no. I think was it uh, was it Jay Cross that said, "Oh, Joe, great bass tone." You were like, "Yes, yeah, an EMG loaded jazz bass into a Boss BB1X." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, maybe not then." Yeah, um, 
So there you go. I mean, but then again, you know, like the like the very short demo you did there. I'm like, that sounds great, and it's just a, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, just preamp preamp pedal with a solid state or you know class D little power amp straight into an interface. I'm like, yeah, sounds sounds good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you can get the tones, doesn't matter what you've done it with. Yeah, I think you know. Interestingly, um, I was in is in the gym the other day, and I was like um, listening to the first Rage Against the Machine album because I think it came on in the random playlist. That's like, oh, gee, I'm just going to play the album because it's an amazing album. It's great, yeah, great sound, great bass sound on that record as well. Mm. Um, Tim Conifer's bass sound is just awesome. I don't know. If, I don't think he was playing. He He's wasn't playing. St- no, he wasn't. He played jazz basses first, and no, then he moved it. to Stingrays after a while. Um, but how much mixing, you know, does bring obviously a track together, but also changes sounds quite considerably as well. Because you listen to, like, actually this year I didn't realise there was Rage Against the Machine XX, which is the twentieth anniversary, and it's the whole album as demos. Right. Um, and the guitar sound is still the same setup but obviously when it's just kind of not had the polish that the kind of that records had it, it sounds totally different and also all of the vocals are recorded through what sounds i think they were trying to emulate like zach de la Rocha basically singing as though he was like shouting through a megaphone at some sort of like rally so everything's <laughs> got like a slap back delay on it and it sounds like he's about 10 feet away from the microphone uh it's very weird but you can you can obviously hear the beginning of that track but uh yeah i mean everything sounds good you know or anything can sound good once you've recorded it and mixed it and brought it into the track and i guess it's about fitting in with the mix ultimately isn't it yeah yeah absolutely yeah um but i didn't realize you recorded this with um mark roberts as well I did, yes, yeah. This this album was Mark Roberts. We recorded. Uh, dear listener, Mark Roberts is a fantastic producer in Brian, a friend of Bats, friend friend of friend of ours. He's produced most interesting music that's come out of Brighton over the last sort of five, six, seven years uh, or so, mm. um, including like big bands you might have heard that he's produced. Uh, Black Peaks, he did their stuff, and of of course he works with Rabia on on almost all of Rabia's projects as well, like the Totemist, mm. Rabia's mm. latest band, and Tosca and Dorje. So uh, yeah, he's he's really good. It was re- really really nice to work with him again because he he did a single for us once a couple of years ago. So it was nice to get back in the studio with him for a whole whole record and see how that went. And um, where did you record it? We recorded it at a place called the Ranch, which is in Nursling, just outside of Southampton. Dear listener, if you you know if you're in the UK. And especially if you're in the south south coast and you're looking to record an album, I can thoroughly recommend it. It's a really lovely studio or pair of studios, which has a like a building attached to it, which has dorms in it, so you can stay over. It's right out in the middle of nowhere, lovely big converted barn, like huge, huge room, great little booths for you to record brass and stuff like that if you need that sound to be a little tighter. Lovely big drum room. And some really nice amps, really nice gear, some Novo guitars <laughs> if you uh, Very nice. if you want to play those. But uh, you know, Tim Tim got to record the entire record through an old sixties Vox AC thirty. You know, pretty much you know, absolutely slammed at full volume. It was uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. You know, so so really really nice place, and you know, not it didn't break the bank too much either. So it was. How good. do you um, so this you know for someone like me who's not really ever been in the studio and really ever recorded much. But I've always got this idea of just playing everything kind of 
live? Like, how do you normally right. do it? Do you just do like a guide track and then record solid drums and just all play over the top of it? I, I just, I just never like the idea of like sitting in the control room, like playing through monitors and then like recording the track over. I'm like, sure, you want to be in the live room and you want to be feeling it and you want to be, you want to be there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's different for kind of each instrument and stuff. And so it, it depends what sort of a band you are. Like, because we have so many time signature changes and tempo changes in songs, before we even go to the studio, we will map out all of the songs. We will create a click track to give to our producer uh, right. of everything. But we also like doing jam band stuff. So we might write in, uh, you know, we might write in 32 bars at a particular uh you know bpm in a particular time signature and we won't write anything for it until we're in the studio and we'll sort of you know we'll we'll mess around with that a few times just just so we can have some organic sections but yes it's actually one of the reasons i recorded without an amp was partially because we wanted to record as live as possible and there weren't enough you know rooms for us to mic up a bass amp right. and also have a sax sax player in the in the vocal room the keys player could go in the drum room next to the drummer because of course his keys can all j- just go straight into a box and we can reamp them later because mm. we obviously reamped a lot of the keys through that same vox ac30 and then uh, and and then tim was able to um record guide guitars down on running through like his boss katana because we can use the direct out again so sure. he can just have it in his headphones so the keys player tim on guitar and uh, and me on bass all sat in the drum room because we could have our instruments just on cans and then you can do the eyeball stuff with the drummer to work out where you're taking things when you're bringing things up or taking them down so yeah totally Reco- recording as live as possible is so much fun and you get an organic edge that you won't get otherwise but yes you do also have to do that tough bit you have to either do reamping or replaying things in obviously for a guitar that's the thing you have to do that, that's going to have the most additional parts second layers background guitars you might just do the same part a second time maybe with a different type of guitar just to give it kind of a different edge maybe if you're mm-hmm. panning or messing around with things like that so there's a lot of that you know you have two solid days of just doing guitar doubling and little extra bits and bobs here and there right but um but yeah it's 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 so much fun i I love the recording process um it is it's it's always really good and really interesting it's it's always fun to do the organic things and just see see what happens see where it Mm. goes and then you've put on your we've you've put on our uh our very rough script, Joe. Should I take my sixty-nine P bass on tour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Talk to it. me, Joe. What are you what are you feeling? Well, we we went to me and Tim, um, uh, the guitarist in Polymath. We went to see a uh, friend of yours and mine, Matt uh, Graham Wheeler. Um, oh, on the weekend. Uh, do you know what? I really. Uh, side note. I haven't spoken to Grand Frages. I need to catch up with him. Basically, this is just. I just remembered this was a side note from. Uh, the guitar show. So I, I, I caught up with Matt from uh, Monty's, who oh, we yes. should definitely have on the show again. He's great. Um, so they've moved to Cheltenham now, so they're much further out of like London um, and and stuff. And uh, he was like, yes, yeah, you know, it's only him and then a guy called George. They're basically... And, it, and they're pretty much... Their sole business is just the pickup stuff now and the accessories, right. which is what I think Matt said he'd always wanted it to be. And I was talking about repairs, and and he was like, "Yeah, I don't really do repairs anymore. I will do some, but um, it's a twelve month wait list." 
If you want, if you Blimey. want your guitar repaired uh, or set up by Matt, I'm sure if you speak to him, but I'm sure he's also going to hate me if I was like, definitely say it's 12 months. I mean, obviously, if you really want to go to him and speak to him, I'm sure. But he's just like, look, we just basically the pickups and that's what we want it to be. Um, and my usual place or what has been my usual place in London, uh, Stairway to Kevin, great, great um, guys there. Uh, they're so busy that they won't take on any fret work anymore. And I'm like, maybe I should just see Graham and I should get yeah. him to do it. But it's a bit of a mission uh, for for me. But yes, um, yes. yeah, would uh, I really want to get my, uh, we spoke about it before, but I really want to get my MIJ Strat Mm-hmm. re-fretted i think right. i definitely think it needs it not just a uh, fret polish not just a no some of the frets are, are so worn down and i'm like I, I could probably get it i think realistically i want it re-fretted and then i want the frets re-profiled and i know like oh yeah ruin it and i'm like yeah but if i'm gonna play it i'd rather have it totally yeah. totally yeah. playable and I, and I honestly think it's it's that fretboard radius that's uh making it difficult for me 7.25 um where everything else i've got is basically 12 i realized right. that the yeah other that's day, very like, very different um so but anyway you went to see graham but so uh, yes yeah, yeah well dear dear listener graham we there is a fantastic tech uh whose tech did he used to be he used to so he wasn't eric clapton's tech but he used to do all of eric clapton's guitars and i think he ended up doing one or two once and then they were like oh yeah he loved it so he just uh he um he's done it yeah, ever since yeah. Yeah, well, he is. Yeah, he's 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 lovely, and he he doesn't live too far from me because, of course, dear listener, depending on how long you've listened to this, you'll know I moved out to the sticks to a little village just outside of Brighton. Graham actually lives in the next village, so it's not too not too far for me to go and see him. So, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know he was that close. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. We see we see each other every now and again. I'm always taking him guitars and stuff and having a having a chat. Sorted him out a record player the other week. <laughs> you know, it's oh. the, uh, yeah, like, you've but, got how many? You've got about a hundred of those kicking around. Got hundred, yeah, it's just under a hundred record players in my garage. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> no, uh, but um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Tim wanted to go and get a couple of his guitars set up. He has this. Tim plays this Epiphone SG. It's a right-handed SG Pro Epiphone SG Pro in Silverburst. But of course, Tim is left-handed, but strings right-handed. But because it's a right-handed guitar, all the controls would be in the way of his arm. So he's had Graham, and of course, Tim hates neck pickups or any form of control. So Tim's had Graham take out every single control and wire <laughs> the pickup direct to the output. So there are no knobs on there. Oh, and take out the neck pickup. So there are just all these holes in the guitar where the controls would be and a big hole where the neck pickup would be. Um and that's that's Tim's SG that he keeps in frip tuning, which is the perfect fifths, like a violin from a low C to a new, high G. New standard tuning, that, new standard. That yes, that's, that's what, what it's what called. It calls, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what it's um, called. So. I so, Sorry, go on. No, no, go on. I was going to say, because Robert Fripp and obviously his wife have found sort of newfound fame on uh, YouTube, (laughs) YouTube. but also um, Robert Fripp's been doing more stuff on his own YouTube channel, Robert at Home, um, and uh, was watching some of that a little while back. 
and he was like in the studio. He's like, yeah, this is the first time I've played in. St-. He was doing something in standard tuning. And he's like, this is the first time I've done something in the standard tuning since like 1987. <laughs> um, it's just, just yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely bonkers. But uh, yeah, he because he plays. Um, doesn't he? Is it crimson guitars or something yeah. similar? He plays one of yes, them. Yes, he, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a signature model for Because I think they're yeah. not too far away from each other, right? Because I think he's he's down that way, um, Devon Way, or I yeah, so, something there. like that. But yeah, he um, has that, and he has his Les Paul. But of course, he's got like a Floyd Rose loaded Les Paul, hasn't he? So it's uh, yeah, yeah. And I think he's just put out a new tutorial book as well, which I yeah, think is what's that's very cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, new standard tuning. I mean. Is, is Tim very, um, I was going to say mathematical, that's not the word I'm thinking of. Is he very theory-driven, or does he just work it out as he as he goes along? He just works it out as he goes along. Actually, the one of the most difficult things for Polymath is that we switch between two guitars. So we have either D-standard, or he has new standard tuning. Those are his right. two. And I will play in D-standard or in drop C, depending on which tuning Tim's using. But crucially, because me and Tim started the band and because we've always worked with each other and spoken to each other and we were doing it from being quite young, we never changed the names we say for the notes from standards tuning. So we still call D or if we're playing the other guitars, C, we would still call that E. And so when we got our sax player in, who, of course, sax notes aren't the notes they are because of... Do you, you know this about saxophones? You know? I do not. So the note of a, that you call it a, sa- a, a saxophone note isn't the note that it actually is. The reason is that that they needed to fit every uh, all, all instruments on a treble clef, basically, for orchestral stuff. Right. And so, so they wouldn't be able to do that because the sax would be all over the place. So... It's just very difficult for them. So th- for for our poor sax player, being like, what, what what keys this in? And we'd be like, yep, this is in D. And it's absolutely not. It became very, very confusing. And we quickly had to learn to actually talk in the proper notes and not in our own sort of weird, <laughs> weird language. So no, the short answer is Tim is not very technical at all. He's just, you know, just play, plays a lot of guitar. I actually think, yeah, I mean, you know, the theory can be a blessing and a curse. Mm. I don't know. I, you know, when you're writing riffs and you sort of don't know. I mean, that's the interesting thing. It's like listening to Polymath uh, again in the gym and, and kind of listening to Tim and those riffs. And you're just like, yeah, I guess you just... Theory can kind of go, oh, well, I can't do that because I've done that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's- almost like you need to know the rules until the point where you know the rules well enough that you can bend them, I guess. That is actually it. I, you know, pe- people kind of say this, what you're saying a lot, I think, that that not knowing theory is freeing because you're not limited to doing stuff. But I kind of think it's more, uh, it's got nothing to do with whether you know theory or not. It's the type of player you are. And if you stay in the rules, within the rules, then yes, you are going to sound boring. You are going to sound like everyone else. But if... It doesn't matter whether you know them or not. It's whether you're willing or not to try something different. Mm, uh, mm, but. Yeah, abso- absolutely. But, uh, yeah, 
Well, I look forward to listening to the new record oh. in full. Mr. There you Branton. go. There you go. Well, we are. Good. We'll talk about my sixty-nine P base a bit, but we're going to do that over in the Patreon episode because we have uh, we've come up to time on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, dear listener. So join us over on Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Maybe we'll answer some questions as well. We've got some great questions from the Facebook group, as always. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad free and early. Five dollars gets you access to the patreon special and our back catalog ten dollars will get you the lot plus i'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode find us on all your favorite social media platforms join the guitar nerds group on facebook and get involved in our weekly episode discussion thanks for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell goodbye Jorrit Brown, Andy Hoffler, Holly Simpson, John Conway, Russell Healing, Paul Drew, Peter Pesh, Ty Allen, Yogi the Guitarist, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Eric Emma, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einzler, Gavin Vanden Linden, Andy Manley, Marley Zau, Kandawaki, Simon Milborn, and Stuart Robson, Eric File, Joe Pratic, James Dorr, A. Matthews, Kytopia, The Band, Russell. the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns